0: Hi, this is The Intersection, Communication Tutorials for Diverse People. My name is Dr. Shannon Wong Lerner and I have worked with diverse and marginalized people in many different settings and wanted to create these communication tutorials for you. I focus mostly on speech-related communication issues but I also cover a whole gamut of different psychological and situational
1: things that aren't covered in other public speaking tutorials or programs. Come join me to learn all about different ways that you can come to the table or go to the pulpit or show up at the Zoom meeting as your best self and speak
0: authentically as yourself without leaving your culture, identification, orientation, or process behind.
1: Hi everyone this is dr shannon wong lerner i am doing this video today from my house and my home office rather than my office office i've actually been a little bit under the weather and haven't been to the office this week so i wanted to get this out to you so i decided to just do it from here and the topic for the tutorial the communication tutorial today by the way this is the intersection communication tutorials for diverse people and you may already know the intersection diverse folks converse this is uh, the companion podcast that goes with that that provides communication skills and tools for all of us diverse people the intersection diverse folks converse is focused on programming made by and for queer people of color and gender nonconforming people. So, this is the companion podcast to that that is open to all diverse people. Uh, so, is the Diverse Folks Converse? It's just focused on that particular marginalized uh, community within a community of LGBTQIA. So, today, I I'm responding actually to Scott Turner Schofield's comment that he made on LinkedIn and Facebook. It's something that's been coming up for me recently on LinkedIn as well. And so Scott Turner Schofield, who's an Emmy-nominated actor and transgender consultant who was on The Intersection, Diverse Folks Converse, episode six, and was really wonderful. I've actually just mentioned him on a recently sponsored Episode for Saturday Night Alive. If you know about them, they're a program that is very different from Saturday Night Live. Although they're playing off that name a little bit, where they talk about different thought leaders and they have them on the show. So people like me, people who are psychologists and doctors, and they it's even like sort of a variety show. So they have people who are entertainers and they come on as well. And so I. I'm just starting to collaborate. It's very early with wholehearted.org. They are a wellness and mental health edutain or infotainment company and platform, which they are sort of known as the mental health and wellness Netflix. They're really wonderful people. Uh, This is like I said, it's very nascent and early in the game, but they did bring me on for this small clip. And I actually mentioned Scott in that program. It's just an eight to 10 minute uh, clip from me. And I actually can provide you with the link for that in this post as well. If you're interested in seeing it, uh, it probably will be, you'll have to see the recorded ones after this is produced. So back to Scott. Scott had made a comment this week and it was actually just two hours ago. And he had said, do people randomly DM you apropos of nothing to complain about how your community is hard to work with or to tone police, to tone, uh, to tone and police your community's response to an issue. It can't just be me, but just so everyone's aware, this is neither appropriate nor professional. And I would have to agree, although it is something that can be a learned behavior, I do feel that uh, if you are speaking to a community or a community leader and referring to their community and these people are already, uh, have been made invisible and inaudible and have sort of been silenced and erased, it's hard to go to those people and the community leader and say like, I'm gonna police how you respond to when something wrong happens to you. So I recently made a mistake So the theme for today is on humility, humility in your communication, in how you ally with communities whose cultures, identifications, orientations, and backgrounds might differ from your own communities and individuals. What do you do? What do you do when someone calls you out and they might be upset? This is a topic that has been discussed recently with me and several people whom I've been interacting with. So I feel like it's really relevant and timely, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. I'm sort of breaking away from the five steps of my speaking success model, which I've been making these videos based after to talk about this topic. So what do you do? What do you do when this happens to you? you could respond in many different ways. You can point the finger back at the person who was bothered by something you said, or you can go back to yourself, take a moment. And it's always good to take a moment, no matter what, and kind of like let it sink in and think about like what just happened. Like, what did I say? What went wrong? And Like, what can I do? How can I also respond to this person without, you know, further upsetting or offending this person, realizing this person comes from a background where perhaps this response is warranted, especially if it is in a work environment or if if perhaps you're collaborating with this person, right? So um, I want to talk about this to think about you know, and I am going to talk about my approach a little in reference to this problem is what do you do when you make a mistake? What do you do when you make a mistake that you hadn't intended to cause someone harm, discomfort, or even like triggering a trauma? Uh, How do you recover from that in a way that that is sustainable so you can continue? Because we're all going to make mistakes. So I just made a mistake today, which is pretty, substantial enough for someone to send me a DM who is a friend of mine, Amelia. And uh, I had said, and I had even, it was even in the transcript and somehow I missed it. I had said uh, cisgendered with the ED at the end, which is a huge no-no. And I knew that, but for some reason it just like slipped my consciousness or I don't know. I am like right, right now, one, one, a one woman show with my all the stuff that I do. And so it just slipped by me. So the reason why that is a problem, and I'm going to look up what Amelia said, but I also know this because I've talked about it with people before, not because I did it, but because it's just been a, a something that has been mentioned. Um, and it's something that I know is a problem. So I know it's not coming up. So Amelia said that the very beginning, hi friend, don't say ERD at the end of gender definitions. It pathologizes it unnecessarily. We are either cis or transgender rather than saying ED. When you say ED, the problem is, is that you make that term descriptive. And when you make that term descriptive, you automatically are disrespectful of what gender identity is in the first place. And so, for example, if you are someone who identifies as trans and someone says cisgendered, then it makes it so that definition has been fixed. That uh, cisgendered. And so if you are cisgendered and you so that means that you were um, what that says is that you were assigned a gender at birth and then that is supposed to, you know stay with you, then you no longer have the agency to actually refer to yourself yourself in the authentic correct way, which would then be trans, right? Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. And I'm happy to provide a link explaining why that is a problem. So what I did was I knew it was a problem, right? When she said it, when Amelia said this to me and I, I made the correction on my TikTok video. I didn't take it down because I feel like it's a, it's a good moment to like have this happen. What do you do when you mess up publicly Uh, What, how can you recover? And it's something that hasn't happened to me in this way before. So I posted it here to TikTok. I wrote the apology. I said that I understood what it meant and it won't happen again. And I also posted it to my other social media platforms. So there was a sort of gracefulness that was between Amelia and me uh, regarding how I handled it and I thought it was something that I could pass on to all of you and also in reference to what Scott was talking about as well so what do you do when you mess up and what do you do so you don't get defensive and then cause more harm to the person <laughs> whom you upset or you triggered or perhaps there was like a trigger of trauma or something like that no one wants to be that person who upset someone you know, by mistake, or in this uneducated way, the person in front of you. But it gets worse. (laughs) When you don't, you're not able to listen. You're not able to create a space between yourself and someone else and perhaps have something to say. So after the break, we're going to talk about like, what are some things you can do? And I'm going to I'm not going to give you words necessarily. Uh, Well, I may give you some, some tips on those things. So I'm going to give you some principles and some practices and some embodied ways to prepare for when that happens. Because I did this episode with Lily Jung, who's a DEI strategist and, uh, and author of the ethical sellout. And they had talked all about, and there was a, a, a video for it. They had talked all about, you know, you are going to cause harm, harm is going to be caused upon you. What is more important than, you know, restraining yourself and being so careful all the time, to where you can't get your thoughts out, or you can't work uh, an idea out or a uh, a string of thoughts, and not just feel like you're walking on eggshells all the time is like, think, like, how am I going to recover from this? And also, how am I not going to, you know, Cancel someone out before I give them a chance to recover and learn? How am I able to even more so hold this person in an embrace, especially when they belong within my community, and say, like, how is this the flaw, not just of this person, but something that the community t- can do to prevent this in the future, right? And so let's talk all about that. I'm so excited to talk about it. I'm going to this is the middle point, and then we'll continue after the break. Thank you. You've reached Midway in the intersection, communication tutorials for diverse people, and I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us. I know it's not always easy to come forward and admit that you do need help with your communication, because many times when we've done that, we've been faced with misunderstanding, people trying to force us to assimilate to a way of speaking or communicating that doesn't feel right to us, or just asking us to whitewash the way that we talk or appear. Here in the intersection, I'm not asking you to do that, but rather I'm giving you a whole bunch
0: of different tools based on my experience and my methods teaching diverse or marginalized people. I'm really excited to be here, and
1: thank you so much for joining us. Hi, this is Dr. Shannon again, and you're here with the Intersection Communication Tutorials for Diverse People. The topic today is allyship, and how do you recover when you make some sort of what feels like a colossal mistake? Right. So when you are faced with something that you said that wasn't culturally sensitive that you didn't realize was culturally insensitive and someone calls you out, what do you do? And actually, I said that I wasn't going to focus on the five steps for my model for speaking success, but I actually think and something I thought of during the break is that actually fits as a as a way, a practical way to implement what I spoke about just now. So you are in a situation where you have privilege. Let's say, let's think about the situation where you misgender someone. I think this is really important to talk about. So you're in a situation perhaps where you were, you identify as cisgender, And you identify as cisgender, which means that you were born and assigned a certain gender, and then you identify with that gender, okay? And so that means that what's on your birth certificate, that means that, you know, your social security, really everything aligns with how you identify. So how you enter public spaces, the way your job receives you, or I should say perceives you it's all kind of checks out. And it's like, you can enter a space and kind of, you know, I know that there are other identifications. So like, if you are a person of color, I know that there are differences here. But in terms of gender, if we're just talking about gender, you can have someone come up to you and talk to you about different things in relationship to your to your gender and how you identify. And it is not doesn't have to be this like tutorial or this conversation where you're educating someone or you feel very uncomfortable. It's just it's easier in a sense. So with that in mind, you can imagine what it would be like for someone who is gender nonconforming or for someone who is trans, whom every time they enter a public space or even a social space where they don't know everyone, they have to think and prepare what am I going to have to talk about? What is the discomfort I'm going to have to feel? How am I going to have to field and try to protect myself from harassment or perhaps even attack? This is a wildly different experience and kind of like what you're preparing yourself for when you enter these spaces, if you are gender nonconforming or trans, as compared to if you are a cisgender person, right? And you identify with the gender that you were assigned at birth. So imagine that, and imagine that someone is thinking of all these things as they're entering the space. And then, you know, perhaps you don't have a lot of experience. And so you say the wrong thing, you misgender this person, or perhaps you make an assumption, right? You could even misgender them. And it's very similar as like, assuming someone is heterosexual, you know, that can be really hard because then you have, now you have to come out and then now you have to explain. And the person says, oh, you're gay. I didn't know. And then you have to, you know, it becomes this whole thing. <laughs> so how do you recover from that? There are different ways that people deal with this issue. Some people blame the person that they have just wronged. And they see this in an abstract way, and they start arguing against the term misgendered, for example. Uh, and, and that is, to me, not a productive way to handle the situation. And it's not a productive way for your own growth as someone who's an ally and trying to be an ally with people whose identification and culture and background differs from your own. Okay? Okay. You cannot assume that you understand this person's experience and you cannot tell them how they should respond when something happens that feels harmful for them and brings up trauma and is something that to me is systemic, right? So if you make this mistake, it's not just that like I, you know, Shannon, Dr. Shannon has made this mistake and therefore now I feel like chipped away from and my ego is harmed. It's like, no, I want to get this right, because I don't want to be part of a systemic problem that is causing you harm. And so immediately, I want to get this right. And so what do you do when someone gets upset? And um, they may even like, you know, they get emotional and upset. And, and how do you not take that personally? And how do you become accountable for your part in this? And I think number one, this is something that Lily talked about too, because Lily is always talking about the difference between individual and systemic, right? We can't always see things as subjective and individual. We have to also recognize systemic problems that can cause someone um, or as part of someone's reaction. It's not just that you did this thing as an individual to another individual, and therefore you're like oh my goodness, like this person is, you know, acting in a way that is completely uh, exaggerated or it feels like too much based on what I just said. It's like, no, this person may have had things happen all month or maybe even all day that led them to this point. You have to understand that. Uh, I remember once when I was a bagger at a grocery store and um, my so I was the bagger, I was 15. And the person who was the cashier, uh, was weighing these bulk items and the customer was a black man. And she started looking inside the bags. They, they were paper bags and he had already written the numbers on the bags. So she kept looking inside them. And then she looked inside, she looked inside like four of them. The fourth one he got really mad and he like took the bag and did this and it like went in her face. I, he didn't intentionally want it to do that, but he was just really upset. So anyway, um, the manager of the store was called. He called him into his office. He was another black man and realized that that whole day he had been pulled over by a police officer for basically nothing just being black male and driving a car he had been followed around at a different store just like by a clerk and it was obvious to him it was because he was a black man in the store just like trying to do his business and shop and then now this thing happened right and that was just that day and so the clerk even though this thing happened to her She and she at first was upset. Uh, She understood it was something bigger was happening. And of course, they like spoke and like worked it out, you know, Uh, and the reason why she was looking in the bag wasn't because she was racist and she thought this guy was lying. It was because like his handwriting was bad and she couldn't tell the numbers apart. And she explained that, too. So, you know, this is this is not an easy thing to talk about. Or to work through. But I want to give you some tips before you go, just to start thinking about how you can work it through. So with my the five steps for speaking success, I have breathe, I have prepare, practice, rehearse and perform, right. And this, these are steps that I've taken with hundreds of students and clients to help them within speaking situations that are complex like this, that involve diverse people and the situations we're in as speakers and the situations that we're in as people who are receiving speech and action, right? That we don't necessarily warrant. So let's think about that. Let's think about how we can respond in a certain way, whether we are on the receiving end or the giving end of this communication. The first step with breathe, breathe is really important because it's not just the act of breathing. But, and, but that is part of it because that will slow down your physiological response to when you get upset, right? And you'll be able to respond in a different way. But it's also what breathe symbolically means too, and that is space. So oftentimes in American culture, especially within speech, we feel like we have to fill in all the space. And that makes us a good speaker, And that makes us a dominant person. And that makes us get all the success we want in life. Well, that is the old way. That is not the way of today. And because there are so many cultural differences and differences in background and identification and orientation and, you know, ways of speaking, ways of processing, you can't do that because when you do that, now you're the bully, right? And it's a very kind of like toxic masculine way to engage communication and to engage socially and to engage professionally. just doesn't work anymore. So if you are an ally and you are faced with a situation where, you know, you might feel disoriented, you're like, wait a minute, in every space I go to, if you have a certain amount of privilege, you know, as compared to this person who is confronting you, every space you go into, you are well received, you are able to speak, you are able to enter, you are able to have your agency, and now all of a sudden you don't. So that's part of the problem. And you have to realize that part of the problem is that now all of a sudden something has happened where you have been silenced, or you have been asked, hey, buddy, like, listen, I don't need you to speak right now. I need you to listen and I need you to take it in. And that's okay because you can do that. Take a breath, use that breath as creating a space between you and the person in front of you and even asking for time. So as an ally, you might not know even what you did and like why it was wrong. And the person telling you might be so upset, it doesn't make sense to you. It's always okay to say something like, You know, first, apologize. I don't understand what I did completely yet, uh, but I would like to know. So I'm hearing you right now. Can we revisit this later when I've had some time to look at what I did and reflect on it and even like research it? So self-education is something I always talk about with all my allyship talks. Let me do my part to make this right. It might take me a little time. Can I get back to you next week? You know, do everything you can in the moment to make whatever happened right. But if you don't understand, then it's hard to do that. And also give yourself the space to do that. Okay. And show them that you care and you listen and say you're sorry and say, like, I need some time to like, understand this. And I would like to learn Uh, I'm, you can even say like, I'm dumb about this because you may be dumb about it. And it's okay to say that if you enter spaces and let's say you're someone who is white, heterosexual, male, cisgender, and you enter spaces and you just like are comfortable almost all the time. And you feel like you can just speak freely and you know, you get respect and so on, uh, It's hard to understand how someone feels when they feel infringed upon because of who they are. And on top of that, they feel like I can't exist because you've just referred to me in the opposite way of who I am in the opposite gender in the opposite name, right? You just used my dead name. There's so many things that we don't understand. You can think about it that way, right? Scientists are always talking about it, people who do research, like this is just the cusp of this discovery. There's so much we don't understand. You know, I even think about my friends who are like deep sea divers and they and they explore this part of the ocean and it's like so deep and they realize like there's this whole other world here. I and mean, there's so much that we haven't discovered. So think of yourself in the same way. In the world, in the world of diversity, in the world of inclusion, if you do have these privileges. And if you have a hard time, you know, with the complexities of this world, realize like you are new at this and it's okay to say that it's okay to say that to yourself and give yourself a break. It's okay to make yourself humble in front of the person in front of you. I do believe that it's a learning lesson. It's something that I do all the time because I mess up too. So breathe. Breathe is so important. The next one is prepare. You know, I have said to other people that it means so much to anyone who has a culture or background different than yours. If you like research a little, think about all the stupid things we look up on our phone all the time, right? What was the name of that bakery from 10 years ago, that's been closed for two years. Oh, what was the name of that chef? I mean, who really cares? So then we like look it up on Google. We've just spent 10 minutes looking up something that is pointless. So why not look up something that is very intentional and educational and will actually help you connect and relate to your coworkers who come from a different background and culture than your own, okay? So that is part of prepare. Practice, you can even practice with friends that you have who perhaps either share this identification or culture or background or practice with someone who, you know, has more experience than you uh, with diverse people and rehearse rehearse is, I guess, very similar practice. Actually, I got that wrong. So practice is your own practice. It's like, how can I develop a systematic regular way to practice better habits to respond to people around me when i make a mistake because you will make a mistake it's not that like you're perfect and if someone says you make a mistake now you freak out and you act emotional and start crying and then like you know you turn into one of these people they have on the internet you know you don't want to do that so practice is like your self care it's like you're becoming accountable you're creating a practice where you can respond accordingly. Rehearse is where you go to people and you like try this stuff out and see how it lands. And then perform is like, now I'm gonna actually do the thing, right? I have this opportunity. I either made a mistake or I see someone making a mistake and I'm gonna help out. I'm going to like, I'm gonna actually step in in the moment in real time and I'm going to learn, right? So I hope this lesson has been, Helpful for you. I love doing these with you. And so the topic today has been allyship, focused on allyship in particular. How do you recover? How do you recover when you make a mistake? How do you be a true ally? How do you become a true ally to your community around you who differs from you? And I think these are things that are hard to talk about. We can go into all the abstract terms within DEI. And we can start talking about sides and we can start talking about top down, you know, infrastructural uh, information, which is all important. It's important to talk about systems. It's important to talk about our institutional racism and intersectional racism and all of that. But I also think what's important, and it's something that I was recently talking about with. Uh, my collaborator from Wholehearted, uh, AJ Fox, whom I'm gonna start working with, what is equally important is the individual because every individual, and you cannot make generalizations within our communities are different. Their experiences are different. Their responses are different. And so it's important to think in that level too. And it's important to also realize, you know, your own individuality and like the personal experience that you can create with whomever is in front of you so thank you again this has been dr shannon wong lerner with the intersection communication tutorials for diverse people and i hope you join me again for the next one thank you so much for joining us at the intersection communication tutorials for diverse people I wanted to close the show just to let you know a couple of different ways you can support us. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel under Dr. Shannon Wong Lerner that houses the intersection. You can also go to Anchor, which has the intersection Diverse Folks Converse, where you can find all of your favorite
0: podcast platforms including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please leave your reviews and subscribe there.
1: I wanted to also take this opportunity to let you know that I just launched a program called Speak Your Way to Success. And a lot of the ideas that I discuss on the intersection communication tutorials is followed up with through this program. This program is something that has cultivated for a very long time with my 20 plus years of experience working with nonprofits,
0: corporations, government entities, and individuals. And I've taken a lot of care and a lot of thought to put this program together to address the needs of diverse people. If you wanna find out more about this program, or if you also wanna find out how to reach me, So I can speak at your event
1: as a keynote speaker who focuses on DEI and communication skills or one of the many trainings that I offer under DEI and or communication skills for your staff.
0: You can contact me through LinkedIn or through my email at contact at DrShannonWL.com. Please also take a look at my new website which describes my services and thought leadership, including plenty of free content that you can look at related to communication and diverse people. That is drshannonwl.com. One last thing, I just wanted to mention that the intersection Diverse Folks Converse and Communication Tutorials for Diverse People has a GoFundMe page, Even though The Intersection is a not-for-profit project specifically geared to help diverse people, we still have production costs and it would be wonderful just to get your assistance if you like The Intersection. We're saying that anything you can spare to help The Intersection would be helpful toward our production costs. Even if it is Bernie style, such as $1, $5, dollars for $10 can make a real difference in us meeting our costs for that month. Thank you so much and we look forward to seeing you again.